Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Crown Corner getting you ready for NYCFC, a team that Charlotte FC actually had a pretty good time with a year ago. A big victory last year on the road and then a 1-0 victory. They had to go down to 10 men in that second contest in the return match. It was part of the Charlotte FC playoff push. Willie P, Jessica Charman here with you. Uh, we know there's a lot of stuff going on off the pitch. We want to keep this discussion to uh, the game this weekend and going into this contest. Just looking at the, the form, Charlotte FC need to do a heck of a lot to look better than they did on Saturday last against D.C. United, Jess. And uh, I'm wondering how that ends up happening going into this week. Yeah, I think when you look at that DC United performance, it was one of the most disappointing that we've seen for Charlotte FC just because it felt like we didn't give 120%. I think it's one thing if you lose a game and you can look back and say you left everything on the field. But unfortunately, I think having watched that game, not many people could say that was the case. And that's backed up by the club. We talk about that tweet that came out from the club that said, basically, we need to do better for the fans. And I think that's right. So... I'm hoping with this game being at home, with the focus of these players being on giving the fans a result they deserve, of feeding off of the energy at Bank of America Stadium, they were able to improve on things. But it's got to be better, Willie P, from the back line to the forward line. We have to do better defensively. But more importantly, we've got to create our own opportunities and we can't rely. We can't. I think the hardest thing to take right now is that we were only missing two players from the starting lineup in Camille Josviak and Bill Tuiloma. Should that really create such a big drop-off in the standard? I don't think so. There are a lot of people who come to me with the quote-unquote possession number, and it's weird. I used to be one of these guys, you know, back before I even did this job, and, and I used to notice possession numbers, and I'd be like, oh, you had the possession number. You should be winning. Well, as we go and watch this team and, and as we've watched games together now for a year and a half, we've coming to notice that possession does not always mean that you're quote unquote dominating the game. The possession that Charlotte FC has had in a lot of these games, they dominated possession has been in the non-dangerous part of the field. So it, it almost feels like the games where we haven't had possession are the ones we've done better in. And, and I honestly feel like a lot of MLS games go that way because defenses are so hard to break down in this league, especially once they get a lead. And from Charlotte's perspective, our biggest issue right now is that the ball is getting stuck in the neutral third. They're not making anything clinical happen in the last third, and it's even hard to get it to that point. H how do you break that down, especially when it comes to a side with New York City that we know uh, is a much different side, home and road? Yeah, firstly, New York City hasn't won on the road yet. They're going to look for that first win 
yes, we could see that as a positive thing. We're playing against a team that struggled on the road. The one thing I'll say with a side of caution is they're also going to be extremely motivated thinking that this is a game that they're going to be able to pick up three points. So I think we have to make sure we take this game extremely seriously. When it comes to possession stats, you're right, Will. It's about possession with a purpose. And the fact that our centre-backs are our two players that have touched the ball the most and actually have the most progressive carries in terms of uh, traveling 10 yards with the ball is slightly concerning. To me, what that shows is that we don't have players in the midfield checking in, wanting the ball. It's our defenders that are the outlet at all times and they don't necessarily have someone to thread the ball through the lines. If you want to play possessional soccer, that's fantastic. It's a lovely style of play when you get it correct. But what you have to do is create those triangles. You have to have the movement. You have to have players checking and wanting the ball. I don't think our midfield and forward line has been demanding the possession in the same way and offering the outlet, which then leads to criticism on our defenders. That, oh, they're passing laterally all the time. Oh, they're not going forward. Well, honestly, if there's no one checking, you can't take that risk of playing the ball. So we've just got to be braver and want the ball. If you're playing a possession system, you have to have players that are willing to check in and want the ball. And I think we have lacked we have lacked that ability to progress through the lines. It's been very defensive with our possession because we haven't had the movement and that's why we haven't been able to break teams down. We've been given no indication that the lineup is going to necessarily change week over week, uh, only because of the fact that, and we talked about this on, on Monday's podcast, is that the squad depth right now is incredibly challenging. Uh, ben Bender, according to Latanzio yesterday, said that uh, he's still kind of getting over a cold. Don't know whether or not he's going to feature in the 20 or even at all uh, on Saturday. So that's something you look at and say maybe he could have been a choice in the midfield for Charlotte FC right now. Ashley Westwood and Brant Bronico are kind of those two midfielders that are kind of going between holding and, and pushing forward to support Karol Svidersky in the center role. Uh, I'm wondering how that partnership continues to develop. Uh, you and I have both been very critical, and I think rightly so, unfortunately, of Brandt. Uh, you know me, I'm a big Brandt fan, but it has not been his best start to the season. I know Westwood just coming off an injury. Uh, I'm very curious to see how this game this week uh, helps the evolution of their partnership because, like you said, we brought Ashley Westwood in here to bring a lot of different things happening. And while injury has been a part of his season, that's something he can't necessarily control. Uh, I need to see him make a bigger impact as well, along with Bronico, because with it comes to those two, they need to be better. Yeah, and it's a double-edged sword with Ashley Westwood. The nature of his game, being that distributor is, he has to have players running ahead of him to distribute too. It's all well and good saying, well, he hasn't been able to find the passes, but What's he going to do? Find passes into space when no one's moving? It's kind of a double-edged sword for him. But yes, I agree. As a Premier League experienced player, you expect a little bit more. And I think he needs to try and really hold his teammates accountable if they're not making the runs he's looking for. Brandt just doesn't look like the same Brandt Bronico, whether he's been figured out by opponents and kind of become a little bit more predictable. Hard work, effort, can never criticise it with Brandt Bronico. But unfortunately, his touch hasn't been there in the same way in his reading of the game. Hasn't quite been there. I also think you have to give him a benefit of the doubt that he has played in many a different position with many a different partner this season, which obviously also uh, can have an impact. I think that Brown Bronicos looked best when he's had Derek Jones uh, in the midfield with him. Obviously, Derek Jones had to put in a shift at centre-back and may continue to have to do so with Tui Loma still out and about. My issue with that is that when Derek Jones shifted into the midfield, even towards the end of the DC game, he just looked more comfortable. He just looked more comfortable. 
And I think it's a concern when you had two centre-backs or two natural centre-backs on the bench that Derek Jones is still your number one pick. That goes to show a lot about where maybe you feel like your strengths lie on your squad. Yeah, I'm wondering about how that centre-back position is going to look on Saturday because, like you said, Jones not necessarily his natural position. We've seen Nathan Byrne in that uh, that standpoint also earlier this season. And I think both guys did well until they unfortunately made calamitous errors. Byrne in the game earlier this season and then Jones last weekend uh, with the challenge that, again, you and I both thought it was a bit soft, but uh, there was a bit of contact made. And unfortunately, it's, it's more of where the contact takes place. And uh, the guy did at least sell it a little bit from from my perspective. So for, from that aspect, it's some things you can't control. But uh, unfortunately, those two errors led the goals going the other way. Uh, you mentioned the two guys uh, who are on the bench right now. One of them debuted last week. Hamidi Diop, Jan Zabachinski is the other. Jan played a lot lighter in the season last year, uh, has not featured for the first team side yet this year. He has featured for Crown Legacy. Uh, like you said, I'm wondering if this could be a week we see either of those guys. Do we see Byrne possibly go back to center back and put Jalen Lindsay in at the right back position? Because I know Jalen had the unfortunate uh, uh, lack of clearance in the Real Salt Lake game, but we really haven't seen him since that point. And I think leading up to that point, he had played well. Yeah, and I mean, if you dropped a player on this squad every time they made an individual error, you wouldn't have anyone in the starting lineup, right? It's just been that nature of the season, unfortunately, that lots of players have had individual errors rather than teams scoring incredible goals. Uh, I will say it was nice to have an incredible goal scored on us in terms of Benteke's bicycle kick that ended up being MLS goal of the week. That was a, a rare occasion for us to sort of sit back and clap your hands. I think Jalen brings a lot to the team. We saw it with his assist. He has very good vision. He has very good work rate. And he's a player that is probably feeling a little bit hard done by. Uh, for Jan, he's looked fairly solid at Crown Legacy, but the issue is Crown Legacy and this isn't to disrespect or take away from Crown Legacy. They've been absolutely incredible this season. So fun to watch. It's just a different level. It's a different step. It's the next pro for a reason, right? It's a stepping stone. So my fear with Jan is if you get used to playing at that level, will it be difficult to now step up into MLS? And I think with Hamadi, he's still young, you know, number one draft pick for a reason. And I think we can see that he has a lot of individual talent. Also interested to see if they are planning to switch Hamadi into a fullback rather than a centre-back. Yeah, and the Jan the thing, I almost feel like if there was a week to test it out, maybe it's this week when you play a New York side that doesn't really have a natural number nine. Yes, they have Tyus Magno, who uh, at least can play that position a little bit, but he's been playing kind of more of a, a winger for them. They have Santi Rodriguez playing mostly kind of as a false nine. They don't have somebody that, quote-unquote, commands the attention uh, the way that you know a natural number nine would, not to say that they don't have offensive character or offensive talent. I think that's far from the truth. I think they definitely do have that, but uh, I think from their standpoint, they do a lot more with build-up, and they, and they really try to make things happen uh, when it comes to that uh, that building out situation. Uh, I'm wondering if this might be the week to try and test John out and see what he can do against New York. I think it would be good to see, right? Because at the end of the day, you've taken gambles on other players and it's good to give them some experience. And honestly, Jan played fairly well in some of his appearances when he played MLS last season. He was always putting his body on his line. He was that big physical presence throwing into challenges and like I say, I prefer Derek Jones in the midfield. I know he played a little bit of uh, centre-back during his time with Houston, but uh, I just think that he looks more comfortable as a midfielder. 
And honestly, I think we missed his presence in midfield with him playing in centre-back. Yeah, he's somebody who's played a lot of different places. I remember conversations involving DJ, you know, even when playing a little bit even more forward than uh, than midfield. So it's it's something where he's had to kind of basically put in a shift almost everywhere on the field except goalkeeper. Uh, but like you said, I think his best position is is in that midfield and being somebody who can kind of command things in that part of the field. A couple more things I want to get into. I want to talk about what you said uh, on Friday morning with Mac and Bone about Enzo Capetti, uh, and I think you're absolutely right, is that I, I think a lot of the the dirty work, and we talked about this last year with talking about Daniel Rios uh, before he was able to go on a nice late-season goal barrage, uh, he does a lot of dirty work in terms of not only making sure you can get the ball because of the high press, but also commanding attention on the offensive end to free things up for a guy like a Karol Svidersky or Jozviak when he's playing. Jozviak questionable going into tomorrow's contest. Not sure whether or not we're going to see him, but uh, unfortunately the goals have not been there for Enzo. He scored against Orlando, scored against St. Louis, but nothing since uh, the Orlando victory. And uh, it's had a lot of Charlotte FC fans somewhat complaining. Do you feel the criticism is fair for him? I think that, when you're a designated player forward, you want to see him get more goals. Mac pointed out that he hasn't had a shot in four games, and that's a real concern, that he's not getting the service and not taking the opportunity to pull the trigger. Actually, I think Enzo's been a little bit too selfless at times going forwards. He's been laying off balls. I'd like to see him just take a strike. You know, we know we've seen his highlight reel. We know he can strike from distance. We know he can be a poacher. He just hasn't been able to display that yet, and I think some of it is just lack of confidence, perhaps. Uh, I think that... As a forward, anytime you're not scoring goals consistently, you can start to have some doubts. And I think that he needs to grow in confidence. But the one thing, again, I think is Enzo Savid and Grace, like we say, is his defensive contributions. Most dangerous player defensively from set pieces. Whether that's a good thing for our defensive line, I'm not sure. But Enzo has stepped up and filled that plate, often on that front post, heading the ball away. And I think that he also is that distractor that we talked about with Danny Rios keeping the uh, keeping defenders occupied, but still we've got to be able to find him more often. I think one of the reasons fans are getting so frustrated at times is the body language, and I get it completely. It can be frustrating for us watching in the booth, but I do think he's done a better job of handling himself, hasn't picked up that fifth yellow card yet, isn't handling the referees as much as he was earlier on in the season. I think he's showing adjustment to that. Would I like to see him up his game a little bit? Of course I would. Uh, I think we all spoke very highly on Enzo Capetti and were very excited about his arrival. Unfortunately, the nature of adjusting leagues, adjusting systems can take longer. Not everybody jumps in and is effective from the get-go. Yeah, we had talked about the potential inevitability of him picking up that fifth yellow. Uh, he picked up that fourth on the 1st of April against Toronto. He's gone four straight without a yellow, and if he goes without a yellow card issued this weekend, he will have one of those yellows rescinded because of the MLS Good Behavior Initiative. So uh, he could potentially go a little bit longer with uh, avoiding a potential uh, one-match suspension for yellow card accumulation. So that's a good sign on Enzo's ledger. And last but not least, uh, again, more on NYCFC. Mentioned the the poor road form. They're 0-3-2. We know about what they do at home. Uh, Yankee Stadium is a very narrow pitch. Uh, and City Field, very similar. Not nearly as narrow, but uh, they play the same kind of situation uh, in either of their home grounds. They also play a couple of games at Red Bull Arena when the uh, situation and circumstances dictate. But this is their longest situation uh, away from home this season. This is their second of four consecutive games away from home. They play a very unconventional schedule because they don't have a dedicated home pitch of their own. 
And in their game last weekend against Toronto, there was some drama uh, playing against their former goalkeeper, Sean Johnson. There was some frustration that boiled over between Maxime Cheneau and Tyus Magno. I saw our friend Glenn Crooks talking to Nick Cushing about it, uh, their head coach, and saying, they believe everything got sorted, but uh, I'm wondering if there is a potential underbelly for some drama that could potentially favor Charlotte FC going into this week because when you have a squad that is uh, almost kind of in a familiar aspect, they, we've always seen them have some poor road results combined with uh, great home success because of uh, kind of harnessing the way that they play inside their own buildings. Uh, I'm wondering if this could be something that once again potentially hits Charlotte FC in the positive. Look, I think there was a divide in the locker room. Taz Magno hasn't lived up to his expectations this season and he's been not performing in the way NYCFC fans would like him to. I believe he kicked a ball away, wasted some time, and that's what Shadow was holding him accountable for. And honestly, when you have those moments in a locker room, it can either make and break you. You want accountability, you want leadership from a player like Cheneau, but at the same time, how Magno responded wasn't very good. So Charlotte FC can take that in their favor, of course, if there is that divide in the locker room, if there is that self-fulfilling prophecy for NYCFC that they're struggling on the road. But at the same time, I think it's important to never take anything for granted, right? With how Charlotte FC has been playing up and down, up and down, we need to be able to find a way to replicate what we did against Columbus Crew because that was a complete 90 minutes performance. Unfortunately, we weren't able to take the momentum on from there. So really hoping that this is a game that we can take advantage of the situation. Lots of different things going in our favor in terms of our home field, in terms of NYCFC not being able to adjust on the road, in terms of NYCFC not necessarily being in as good of a headspace. Didn't have a shot on target for Sean Johnson to save, which was a huge storyline as well because they wanted to kind of show Johnson he made the wrong decision. Well, doesn't look like he did right now with how NYCFC are doing. He definitely has, and uh, I think we also saw Sean not necessarily at his best last year. Uh, he surrendered uh, three goals in the one contest and one in the return match uh, last year. Maxime Cheneau, the only goal scorer against Charlotte FC last year. He had a 28-minute uh equalizer that uh, leveled the match at Red Bull Arena last year before Brant Bronico's game winner and the penalty shot from Christian Fuchs made up the rest of the margin for Charlotte in that first victory over NYC. You mentioned Magno uh, not necessarily going up to expectations. He's somebody who was a playoff hero during the MLS Cup year for NYCFC, but the moments of glory have been isolated for him over the course of the last couple of years. We'll be looking forward to it on Saturday 7 p.m. is the contest start time, at least on the Charlotte FC radio network. 7.39 is when they will kick, so uh, we'll get our broadcast coverage going again at the top of the 7 o'clock hour. Looking forward to having everybody out at the bank. Weather should be pretty good. There was some rain in the forecast earlier in the week, but a lot of that rain has uh, pushed out completely. There might be an isolated shower earlier in the day, but everything around match time looks like it's going to be clean, clear, and hopefully three points involved. Just safe ride up. We'll talk to you on Saturday. Looking forward to it, Will. Thank you. That is the Crown Corner preview for NYCFC. Be sure to rate, subscribe, and listen to us. Also, make sure you check out Jess's interview with Crown Legacy's Nick Scardina. They play Friday night uh, as they get themselves potentially forward more and some more of their good play as well. They're top of the table right now on MLS Next Pro. We'll talk to you on Saturday on the Charlotte FC Radio Network.